That's right. It's the Monday Morning Mechanic. This is the Dirt Bike Channel podcast where we talk about AMA Supercross from over the weekend. Today, we're talking about round nine in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Karen, <laughs> weren't we going to go to Atlanta this year? What, why did we not go to Atlanta? I don't know. Hot Atlanta? I think we just decided not to. We're going to keep it on the west side. We were kind of wondering, though, if they were going to have like a pit party or a party in the pits. And I don't know if they did because... It looked like all the trucks were kind of down under the Mercedes-Benz Stadium there. So maybe we picked a good one not to go to. Normally, this Georgia red clay is like one of the favorites, but they've been the guys have been saying that the hard the track keeps getting the dirt keeps getting harder and harder as the years go on. So anyway, riders just have interesting interesting things to say about the that Georgia red clay. Well, they were really saying like that it, it was a little too dry and that they didn't spray it enough. Yeah, 250 guys were mentioned, were complaining about that a little bit. So, uh, yeah, welcome in. It's Kyle Brotherson here. I've got my lovely lovely wife, Karen, and we also have Case. Case, say hello to everybody. What's up? Is, yeah. that, all you have? is that all you can say? <laughs> yep. <laughs> he sure is cute, though. Oh, well, <laughs> normally, normally, if you've followed this podcast before, normally we kind of start off with the, uh, with the 250s. I'm not going to do that today. Um, Switching it up. I want to start out with the 450s, and it's because... We got stuff to say. Uh, <laughs> like, the thing the thing for me is just like, last night is was some of the best racing we've seen in the 450s, and we'll get into why that is, but it was also just inspiring for me. It was inspiring. I saw something off of a kid that is running around with a plate that has number one on his bike that is just kind of moving a little bit almost when you know the backstory of what Cooper Webb was dealing with last week at the triple crown in Arlington, where he goes off that dragon's back, misses his front wheel on the, on the last dragon's back plows his front wheel into the single jump in front of him and goes front flip over onto the concrete from about 12 to 15 feet high. Oh. And then the bike hits him. And then you see what he does this week and you go, is there anyone more mentally tough than Cooper Webb in this championship? I don't know. The mental fortitude of that kid is inspiring. Very inspiring. Because when we, Case, when you saw what happened last week in Arlington, did you think that he was going to race the next week? No, I didn't think at all. There, it looked like I said his season is done because he's going to be out. There's no he way. Probably he probably broke his tailbone. There's no way he can race next week. You know, and mm. and I'm like, and even if he does come race next week, he'll get like 15th mm-hmm. and and he doesn't like he comes out there and he gets a freaking podium finish. And it was 100 percent blood and guts and pain and mind over matter. Yeah, like it was just absolutely insane. If you guys haven't watched it, you need to look it up on YouTube and just watch Cooper Webb starts off that race, that main event, <clears throat> excuse me, in 13th place. And he slowly picks 10 of the best riders in the freaking world off. Yeah. On a track that's hard to pass. On a track that's hard to pass when he's got a bruised tailbone and a bruised back and a, like his whole, like, uh, it just, he was in so much pain at the end of the race. He couldn't even stand up on the podium straight. You look at him and he was just wincing in pain with every movement. And now he's off the bike. And I'm just like, this, this man get this man a hospital and they did he yeah. he went straight from the race to the hospital he didn't do the post race press conference i mean as soon they, as the race was over um and he was getting interviewed right there on the 
the base or whatever. Um, yeah, you could see in his eyes how much pain he was in. And even what's her face, uh, Will Christensen pointed out the fact that he was in so much pain and, you know, it's hard for you to even stand here. I'll just let you go, you know, good yeah. job. He looked horrible. He, he had to reach down and like pick up his number three trophy thing. And he, it was painful for him to even reach down and get it. What yeah. did you, what did you think case of Cooper Webb? I thought it was awesome riding. And yeah, it was really tough for him to, I can't believe he made it back from like 14th to third. It was unbelievable. I, I thought he's going to be lucky. When I saw him in 13th, I'm like, he'll be lucky to get 10th. Yeah. You know, or, or maybe even fall back further. I mean, think about it. Blake Baggett finished in like 100th. I mean, I mean, oh, no, Baggett, Baggett finished. taken out though. Yeah, Baggett finished in 19th, but Baggett wasn't like didn't get injured like Cooper Webb did the, the week before. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you've got like big name guys that are getting lapped a couple of times. Why? How in the world did Cooper Webb do that race without getting lapped? Karen, tell me that. <laughs> How in the world did he not get lapped? I don't know. That's I'll, a good question. I will tell you how. It wasn't because of his it wasn't because of his body. It's because of his mind. He literally he is the toughest guy mentally on that track and I don't even think it's close. I think it's a country mile between him and the next toughest guy in their mind. They're all very tough. They're all very they 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 all ride through injuries. They all ride through pain. They all do these things. But the dude fell flat on his back on the concrete last week. It, it just, he I got can't, launched. It, front yeah, it was, flip onto it his back. It had to be lifted and carted off the track. Doesn't, I mean, I, I can't imagine he rode hardly, that bike hardly at all this last week. And then he's like, I got to minimize the damage because I'm the defending champion. I'm down 26 points. I got to like limit the bleeding any regular person would have not raced. I just can't believe he did it. And then I can't believe he picked all those people off. And the other thing I want to, I want to give props to uh, Cooper Webb on is there's one person that did not pass him. Eli Tomac could not pass Cooper Webb. Our basement was super loud when we were watching the 450 main. Don't you think case we were all just cheering yeah. and yelling and, Dad almost Screaming lost his voice. Well, he did lose his voice. I think that's why my voice is still bad now. But like, seriously, Tomac, we'll, we'll talk about Tomac in a minute because Tomac kind of has some a racing incident or whatever, and he goes down. And Tomac is like now claw, trying to claw his way back from like 14th. At the time, Cooper Webb is in 10th. Eli Tomac and Cooper Webb go through the pack and they pick basically everyone off in front of them, except for Ken Roxon, who wins the race. Like, we'll get to that. And except for Justin Barsha. But guess what? He could not pass Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb was basically not able to stand, and, and Eli Tomac is able to run through the entire pack but not pass Cooper Webb. And, and I'm sitting there going, as it was unfolding, I'm like, well, Eli's going to get Cooper, and Eli, you know, this, this, and this. And then once it got to about two minutes left in the race, then all of a sudden, like, and it was inspiring to me. I was looking at the way that Cooper Webb is riding. You know he's in pain, but suddenly I just remembered, and he made me believe he's a closer. Like that is the thing, and he Eli deep, and and I'm I'm I don't want to say Tomac isn't a closer because I think I think Eli Tomac and Ken Eli Tomac and Cooper Webb are closers. They get better as the race goes on, right, Karen? Yeah, for like, sure. Those are two guys that get better as the race gets deeper, and it's probably just because so many of the other guys fall off and they don't fall off as far. But here's Cooper Webb, and two minutes ago, I'm sitting there thinking, I now believe 
He's in fifth place. I think he's going to get on the podium. And it wouldn't surprise me if he even got second. Like, you know, Justin Barth was too far out there. But, like, he's got to run, ten, he's got to run down Martin Davalos. And Martin Davalos is literally having the ride of his life. He was awesome. And he's, he le- he's in second place for, like, 18 minutes. Right, Case? And then suddenly... Cooper Webb comes up, and guess what? There's Cooper Webb right there, and there's Eli Tomac right there. And he just smashes him, and he's like, I need this win, my third place, and you don't. Case, we were talking about when we were re-watching the race just now, we were talking about that thing that Cooper Webb was doing in that sand section. Can you, Case, can you break down what Cooper Webb was doing in the sand section coming into it that Eli Tomac never picked up on? I'm pretty sure after the finish line jump, he would go on the inside and then he would go right before the section he would turn like really close and almost like touch the tough blocks and then he would go over the jump and then just zoom and like pass everybody yeah in that sand section people were eating so much sand but what was happening that we noticed is eli tomac was making a wide he they had a split lane and tomac was taking the other lane and what happened was then it put tomac on the outside which is I mean, it seemed like a good idea because then you could carry more speed and whip around the outside and come into the sand with way more speed. But then they had that wall hit right there that you could either, you know, speed check. You could either like jump sky it halfway through the sand, which Justin Barsha did a couple of times, or you could do what Cooper Webb was doing, which was to literally cut the corner so tight that it looks like you almost come to a stop. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they, they might... I guess on a 450, you could do that. Maybe you could be in second gear or something to come around that tight right-hander and almost come to a bloody stop right there. And then all of a sudden, he would just rock it out of the sand. And he passed. I think that's where he got most of his passes because Mm -hmm. no one else, not no one, but very few other people were doing it and they weren't doing it as good as he was. That's the thing about Cooper is cornering. The reason why he's able to do what he does, he's faster in the corners than everyone else. He can cut down in the corner faster and harder than any other rider out there. And you just watch him do it. He comes in and he's like a little bit behind you when you're coming into the, one of these 180 quarters corners. And then he just gets in the corner. He whips that bike around so much faster than anyone else, cuts down harder than, and gets right in front of him. I'm just like, holy crap. How is he doing that? Two, la- two minutes to go, I'm like, he is going to beat Martin Davalos. And he is not going to lay Eli Tomek around him. And for once, I was sitting there thinking, Eli, you have no chance of passing him. <laughs> and I was inspired. Like I literally was moved. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but it was total inspiration. At the end of that race, I knew Cooper Webb was going to was wasn't going to let Eli Tomek around him. It was just like, "Holy crap. You got the fastest man on the planet behind you, but you're tougher than him he in turned, your mind." He turned into a brick wall that Seriously. no one could pass. <laughs> it was awesome. He's just like, I'm going to transform me and my bike into a wall that is impenetrable for Eli Tomac mm-hmm. and I, because I have to. Yeah. It, there was no choice. It was like in Cooper's mind, I have to do it. Right, so, Case? So Case, what do you think um, Cooper Webb was thinking those last few laps? What do you think was going through his mind? Oh, I'm in so much pain and I'm probably going to, I'm not going to like uh, Eli pass me. And he's just like so, so much in pain. Do you think he was just super convinced of, you know, how good he's going to be or how, how successful he'll be? Do you think he was just thinking, I've got this and no one's going to stop me? Yeah, he was just thinking about like how he was going to do it and he's not going to let anyone by and he's just going to race his race. Nice. What do you think of it, Karen? Did it move you? 
<laughs> well, I was like borderline screaming, not screaming. I was talking quite loudly and I was just saying, don't crash, don't crash, don't crash, don't crash. Don't let him pass. Don't let him pass. And I, yeah, he was very inspiring. I was so impressed with, you know, just they wa- they showed the crash again this week and I had to look away because I, I don't love stuff like that. And just to see a guy that, you know, our family roots for um, and supports and encourages and whatnot to see him hit the ground that hard. I just, I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> so uh, I had to look away. And so I'm just hoping and praying that he's just going to, you know, pull it through and and he did. And they even were talking about how his dad was saying, you know, from a young age, how he just kind of um, encouraged Cooper's um, mind resilience and the groomed him a little bit. He, yeah, he groomed him a little bit to just be strong and willed and um, just to get through hard things with just your mind alone, even if nothing else. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I like to watch sports. You see these things, and I was thinking about these times like when, you know, like Michael Jordan, he goes into like an NBA Finals game when he's sick with the flu, or, you know, Kobe Bryant, or, or you know, name the name the guy. It happens in football all the time, where it's just like, you don't feel well, but you're going to go out and you're going to do it. And it's super inspiring. It's that mind over matter. You couldn't do that every night, you know, and you have to dig deeper than everyone else, and I just... I loved it. My hat's off to you, Cooper. That was, I, I don't know. I, I think you, you gained some fans just to show how freaking gritty you are. Yeah. That was awesome. And his passes were clean. Yeah. He's, he's a good kid. He was, he was, I mean, it was fun. Super fun. Let's, let's yeah. move to Ken Roxon. I think Case is out. I think he's going to go, go on to okay. bigger and better things Case for right gonna now. Case is going to ditch. Okay. I'm yeah. going to mute your mic, Case. Thanks, Say buddy. Say bye, everybody. Bye. Right. Okay. <laughs> Mutant cases mic now. Boom. He's gone. Thanks, Okay. Ben. Thanks, buddy. So let's move on, Karen. Let's move on to Ken Roxon. Um, Ken was super awesome. Like, what were your thoughts on Ken? Because um, well, obviously I mean, Ken wins the race. Well, he got the whole shot and led every single lap. And I just thought that was really incredible. He he also just had a strong mind and thought, I'm going to do this. And this is going to be my place. And I'm... I'm going to just nail it. And he pulled away so far um, that I think he had a 14 second lead with second place. And then it was further than that. It was almost 20 seconds by the end. Well, that was with Tomac. Um, Tomac, when we'll talk about that in a second, but Tomac um, from the last half or whatever, I can't exactly remember the timing, but when Tomac fell back a ways, um, it was like 22 seconds. Almost from, 24, yeah. From the leader, and he never got any faster. And he's passing people, but I think that was because he got some bonuses. <laughs> but Ken Roxon, he really had it together, and he was inspiring as well because um, of his story. I think that's just really amazing to see how far he's come and, and how strong-willed he is. And we are big Ken Roxon fans around here. And Daniel Blair was also saying that Ken Roxon doesn't have any haters. You know, there's people out there that don't love you know, Bam Bam Barsha or this guy and that guy. Um, but, you know, Ken Roxon doesn't really have any people who don't like him. You know, they might not be massive fans, but at the same time, they don't have any haters. And I, I just thought that was a really neat thing. And I, I'm rooting for him. I hope he does good. So he's got um, the red plate back. He gets to share it with Tomac next week. 
And yeah, just hoping he can continue on this winning streak. He really wants to win Daytona. So yeah. It's going to be a tall task because Eli Tomac, that's basically his bread and butter. I think Eli has won at the last. Well, I guess Justin Justin Brayton won it there. But I think Eli Tomac has won it two of the last three years. Justin Brayton got one, which was just crazy because he's usually not a Daytona guy. But but yeah, going back to Ken Roxon, his story is just super inspiring, inspiring because of the the things that he's had to go through. I've had to come around on Ken Roxon. I he wasn't my favorite rider. I thought, you know, it was hard for me to kind of when he was younger. It, there was just kind of an edge to him that I didn't like, and that edge has worn off. Um, and he's just called marriage. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> marriage got married and aging and, he, and he, yeah, but, maturing. Yeah, I've just loved to see his journey and then the the adversity that he's gone through. And here's what I'll say about, and we've said it before, but when Ken Roxon is on, it's like poetry in motion. And, and, and just like Karen said, Eli Tomac, we generally think is the fastest guy on a supercross track. And that's because he's shown it time and time and time again. Well, guess what? Last night, Eli Tomac is making all these passes, but he's not making up time. He's not making up any time on Ken Roxon. And, and it's hard as you're the, as you're the leader from what we're learning, it's hard to, you know, to maintain that gap sometimes because people behind you can can try new lines and, or... and all these things, but they, they couldn't make up any time on Ken and he just looked so good. And at one point of the race, when Eli was clear back in 13th, 14th place, uh, Ken Roxon was going to be the points leader by like seven points. And then uh, Eli is able to kind of make all that stuff up and make up all that time. So let's, let's shift over to Eli Tomac here. So last oh, night, boy. I mean, Eli, <laughs> there's a lot to say. And, and, and because of what Eli was doing, it made it one of the most exciting races of the entire season. Yeah, I, I, it was one of, so fun. One of the most exciting 450 races that we've had all season long because there was so much happening. Like you've got Roxon just literally checking out and then Martin Davalos behind him. And Davalos doesn't have any, you know, real haters or anything. He's kind of like uh, uh, almost, he's a rookie in the 450s, but he, you know, it's just, he's been in the 250s forever. And I'm so a be, fan of Martin Davalos. And so then you've got all these different guys. You literally have, you know, the the stars of the sport with Justin Barsha and Cooper Webb and Eli Tomac and Justin Hill and Aaron Jason Plessinger. Jason Anderson. And Jason Anderson and Justin Brayton and Blake Baggett. And they're all back there. I mean, even Chad Reed. And they're all back there anywhere from, you know, third place to 10th place. And they're all just battling. It was like super, super exciting because you had all these like super, super top guys battling for like fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, which it was just, it, re- it was really fun to see all that. And Tomac kind of gets into it with Barsha a little bit. And, oh. and Karen and I were talking about this, like, like those two that if, if Eli Tomac could pick the worst guy on in the entire series to get really competitive and get really heated with. Don't you think it's Justin Barsha? Oh, yeah. They don't call him Bam Bam for nothing. And, I mean, And he's seriously. not slow. Like, yeah. like Bam Bam, Justin Barsha is fast. He's figuring stuff out. He's probably having the best season he's had in the last six years, Barsha. The only thing that hasn't been good for Barsha is his starts. He has crazy speed. And he's got crazy aggression. He won Anaheim 1. And then here, Eli Tomac is just like kind of putting it in on Barsha. And I'm thinking... That's the last guy on the track that you want to put it in and swap paint with, right? I mean, you're going to put it in on a New Yorker. I mean, <laughs> that says enough, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Not to, like, classify a whole state. But, you know, how New Yorkers are a little more edgy or whatever and more, a little more feisty. Karen's painting with a broad brush right I now. I am. But, yeah. I just went to New York for the first time, and I 
it was true. They are the sweetest people when you ask them like for directions or for help and they'll just give the shirt off their back for you. They might also step on you. But right? they'll also stab you in the back as you know, if you're in the way or if they're cutting, you're getting a cab or something. <laughs> you know. So Bam Bam, he's just like that. He is, you know, rough around the edges. And I would not want to pick, I would not want to pick him as my enemy for sure. So, I mean, that could come back to bite him next week. So I'm kind of hoping it does. I said that out loud, but (laughs) yeah. And if you like, there was a time that, cause I think Barsha passed Eli and he passed him pretty clean because Barsha has crazy speed and they're kind of like back there in the pack somewhere in the, you know, 10th to sixth range or something trying to early on in the race and Barsha passes Eli Tomac and then Tomac just comes right back and they kind of get into it a little bit and Tomac passes him pretty hard and comes in contact with him. And Justin, it hurts him. Yeah. Justin Barsha said after the race that he's like, Hey, if somebody hits me so hard, it hurts. Like that isn't cool. He's like, and I know I've, I pass people like I've that. I've been that guy. I've been that. I'm, I'm that guy. I, I know what it takes to pass somebody and hurt them. And he's like, and when you do that, uh, that's not cool. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to come back at you. And he yeah. did like, they had a little back and forth and they've had it for a couple weeks ago. They had it. And if you mm-hmm. watch, there's some, there's some clips after the race. Um, that we saw on YouTube where Justin Barsha is laying, he, he is, he is, <laughs> he is given Tomac the business. Just right after the race on the sideline, you know, just they're there talking to each other and talking is, that's one way to put it. Sure. But they Just, were both leaning in Barsha and is not Barsha, Barsha's whole body language, every muscle in his body is like flexed and angry. <laughs> the blood is pumping and, to- and I am ticked off at you (laughs) and tomac isn't like just you know completely backing down but you can see the aggressor is justin barsha in that in that scenario and tomac and of course tomac is no tomac is a man's man like nobody's going to intimidate tomac tomac is not going to be intimidated man he's not going to be intimidated but at the same time (laughs) justin barsha is the worst person to piss off on the track i just i (laughs) other than dylan ferrandis but dylan is like happy-go-lucky and he's in in another class but i'm just saying like is there a worse guy to tick off than justin barsha no 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 there's not and so he's getting into it with him i'm like dude tomac if you're in a championship run you need to think this through first you do not need to get into these little skirmishes with Justin Barsha in like seventh, eighth place. Yeah. I understand if this is for if this is like for a podium or even like first and second, then it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. But when you when it's like minute three of a twenty minute main event and you're back in like seventh, eighth, ninth place, and you're doing this with Justin Barsha, dude, you got to have a little more common sense common sense than that. Yeah, and Barsha in one of the interviews, he was saying something like, you know, Tomac, all he wanted was to like claw his way back up to the top from the back of the pack and it's not cool he, to take people out on yeah, the way up there so. yeah because tomac takes out blake baggett on, he yeah and and that was the thing that ended up allowing justin barsha to get past eli uh-huh. tomac and and he checked out and he and tomac was never able to catch barsha again and it's and and barsha said he's like yeah you have eli he was just like on this mission and he was just going to take everyone out to get up to the front and that's not cool yeah is what he said yeah you know, and I know Blake was was not happy because Blake Baggett gets dropped to the dirt by Eli Tomac, and Blake is like pushing Tomac, trying to get him out of his way. Blake was not happy, and something must happen to the bike because Blake got lapped a couple times after that. Yeah, you and know? Blake, yeah, well, and he he seems like kind of like a teddy bear. You know, I mean, he's a dirt bike racer, so he can't be a teddy bear, but he seems like this calm, gentle demeanor or whatever. But to see him like get totally taken out by Tomac and then shoving him like, you know, I was like, way to go Blake big or Blake Baggett BB four. Yeah. I was impressed with 
his fortitude on that one. How do you think Kaylee felt about uh, Kaylee Baggett felt about that? Oh man, she's probably not going to be giving Eli a follow on Instagram. Yeah, no, for sure, she <laughs> is. She's not happy, Bob. Or Breaker isn't isn't that isn't that uh, Blake's son? Breaker, he's too he's too young now. <laughs> Break, Breaker's like six months or something. But yeah, so yeah, Eli Tomac. And that was the thing I wanted to come back to is Eli Tomac passes everyone else on the track. Because I mean, he he even passed Justin Barsha once. You know what I mean? But then he had that get off. So the only person, there were only two people on the track, Karen, that Eli Tomac was not able to pass. Can you tell me who they were? No. Ken yes, Roxon. Ken Roxon and uh, Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb. They, those are the only two people that, that Eli Tomac was not able to pass. And I think that's worth bringing up. So pretty cool. And and obviously we've talked about Barsha. Barsha, I think, had a great ride. The thing that I think with Barsha is he's kind of still in this thing. He's not that far off off the points and he believes that he can get more excuse me, more wins. The only thing he needs to figure out are his starts. If Justin Barsha starts to figure out starts, then he's right in this thing. Just as much as Cooper Webb is. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's like almost a full race back, it looks like. But so is but... Cooper. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a ways back. He's well. He is twenty three points back, or thir- yeah, twenty three points back. So he's ahead of Justin Cooper in the in the overall standings. So I mean, it he's is a ways back. to see back. though that Eli Tomac and Ken Roxon are both tied for two hundred points. Two hundred points. Yeah, they dipped into the twos. The the other one that I wanted to mention, Justin Hill. Justin Hill had a sixth place. Justin Hill is right there. I feel like Justin Hill is a guy that's going to figure this out. You know, to be a top ten guy in the four fifty class is awesome. But Justin Hill, I think, is going to be a top five guy. Mm-hmm. I hope he gets that figured out. He's had fifth. He's had sixth. You know, he's had some good finishes, but uh, I'd like to see him continue to do well. The other one, Karen, that I have a real big question mark on is Jason Anderson. <laughs> I knew can you were going to say that. <laughs> can you tell me what's going on? What, what did he finish? 11th? Yeah, 11th. Well, Karen, what is going on with Jason Anderson? He, for those well, that don't know. Well, he crashed a couple of times. For those that don't know, Jason Anderson was the champ in 2018. Yeah. What what is what is? He well, was, he was uh, third or second for a while, right? I don't was, think he was that close. I don't. Know. I'm pretty sure no, he was. No, because it was it was all Martin Davalos so who was in second. Okay, so then he was third for a while, and then him and was it Justin Hill? They crashed around a turn, and um, well, he started in ninth. So you're saying he worked his way from ninth yeah, up to third? Yeah, he worked his way and up, then, and then he crashed again. And that was one of those little, here you go, Eli, here's some more points for you. Yeah, because Jason Anderson, one of those guys, they kind of toppled a few people, and so it was like, bam, Eli Tomac gets three people because of like Jason Anderson messing up. Yeah, it was like, like a full-on freeway rear-ending. Where know, like just, he passed Plessinger and Stewart and Wilson and Anderson. You know, all just in one little All swoop. in one little, you know, there was yeah. a couple things like that. So so Justin Barsha and and Cooper Webb did get some gifts like that. But dude, Jason Anderson can't be riding like that. You know, he's he's got, yeah. he's better than that. He is. You know, I mean, to see Justin Brayton in 12th isn't that big of a thing. To see Vince Freeze in ninth isn't that big of a thing. You know, Malcolm Stewart in eighth. Malcolm is kind of that guy. Malcolm is like a 10th, 9th, 8th guy, it seems like to me. Aaron Plessinger in seventh place. That seems right by me. But when you've got Jason Anderson down here getting beat by Vince Freezy, I just, I go, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Seriously. And even... What ja- the what? Here are the ones. Like, Jason Anderson should not get beat by Martin Davalos. He shouldn't get beat by Justin Hill. He shouldn't get beat by Aaron Plessinger, Malcolm Stewart, Dean Wilson, or Vince Freezy. 
Like, there's a bunch of guys right in front of him that I'm just going to go on record and say Jason Anderson should not get beat by. Well, and he he turned it on hot, though. So he was really trying to make some aggressive passes, and then they didn't stick. And um, then he did wash out a wheel or... I can't even remember where it was. And then then the bigger one where they were all rear-ending each other, that was um, just super unfortunate. And then the race was over by that time. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the 450s before we move to the 250s? I don't know. I, I just think that that race um, is probably one. If there ever was going to be a race this season where I look back and I think, I want to watch that one again, it's going to be that one, this Atlanta one, because it, there was just so much going on and it was entertaining and there weren't big injuries, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, Sucks yeah. that we don't have Adam Cincerillo. That, I know. That, I, didn't even, I didn't even think about that until right now, but we, we did miss Adam. Yeah. Since he's out with the, he, you know, last I week. I enjoy AC. That uh, bloody bad dragons back last week in Arlington took out two of the top five riders. I know. <clears throat> or you could say the riders took themselves out because they didn't respect the uh, the uh, obstacle. So moving down to the 250 class, uh, let's just go through the top five. You've got Chase Sexton finishes number one. RJ Hampshire, number two. Shane McElrath, Shane McElrath number three. Jordan Smith pulls it in, number four. And then Joe Shimoda uh, has his, I don't know if it's his first foot top five, but he, he gets uh, fifth there. Um, Garrett Marchbanks, our Utah guy is in seventh. Wasn't there another one? Pierce Brown was yeah. also a Sandy Utah guy. So he's, yep. he's, uh, sorry, we're just we're geeking out on the Utah guys, but, but uh, Pierce was uh, in 17th. But it's like, they're, they're our home guys, you know? Yeah. We've never met him. You know what I should do? I should try to get him on the podcast. Oh, that would be sweet. Let's Boom. do it. Boom. Reach out. We're going to reach Garrett Marchbanks from Colville, Utah. We're coming for you. Send me your <laughs> phone number. Oh. You know, hit me up, Kyle at dirtbikechannel.com. Um, or, you know, even Pierce Brown. Pierce Brown, it says he's in Sandy, which is like 20 minutes away Just from us. Just a minute away, yeah. Just bring him down. We're like, hey, Pierce, we'll give you lunch if you come down here. So, yeah, uh, Chase Sexton, number one. I thought Chase rode great. I was, I was very impressed with him. And I don't know if it's just because he's not racing against... Um, the guy I can never remember his name from the West Coast. Why can't when his name isn't in front of me? Why can't I remember his name? I don't know why you can't remember it. You can't remember it either. His name is Green Bike. Okay, I, Austin Forkner. Austin. I don't know if it's just. See, because I he's did not, it. I pulled it out, people. I, I don't know if it's just because Chase Sexton is not is not riding against Austin Forkner, or if he's actually making steps forward. I hope that he is. I'd love to see in this East West Showdown that will be coming up here in a little bit. I would love to see Chase Sexton just go out there and give Austin Forkner the business. That would be oh, really man. fun. I'm, I'm liking to see what I'm seeing out of Chase. He seems, he seems to be developing, and I'm impressed with him. I said a couple weeks ago there was no way he was going to have that red plate and that you know Shane McElrath won that first race, and then it's just been all Chase Sexton since that time. And so yeah. if, 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 if we did a section called Kyle Right, Kyle Wrong, I'd be way wrong on that. <laughs> You know, and I'm happy for that's him. a good idea. Let's do it Kyle in Wright, all Kyle areas Wong. of our lives. <laughs> We'd have hardly anything to talk about. <laughs> or would we? I think we would have lots to talk about. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to start keeping the score on that. So good but Chase, he rode really well. I he was impressed did. with him. You know, he led uh, 11 of the laps. The, the guy right behind him, RJ Hampshire, it's Karen's, Karen's favorite, Karen's favorite rider from the East 250s. Oh my gosh. 
He actually led That's a bunch of laps. That's some sarcasm, folks. RJ Hampshire got the whole shot and led eleven or led eight of the eleven laps. I mean, eight of the laps. Oh, so man. he led almost half the race. RJ Hampshire did, and took a while for Chase to get him, but he finally ran him down. Um, what'd you think of how RJ rode? Well, I mean, he got the whole shot, and he he did pretty well. He led eight of the laps, and. Um, I mean, he got passed by Chase, obviously, <clears throat> which I thought was neat because it wasn't dirty. It was just... We were waiting for that. We were I waiting, like, we were waiting like, for Chase, Chase to get him back. Chase, and Chase, <laughs> didn't, he, didn't he put... He kind of wrote it in there a little bit, but it wasn't A little bad. last time, but that was just on one of the Triple Crown rounds. No, but I'm thinking on this one, didn't he, he, didn't he write it in pretty close oh. on RJ when he made the pass? think so i think it i think it It was just a little, little snappy thing it was a little snappy thing but it wasn't oh no like, no it was where his um back wheel went like that um in front of the front wheel so he didn't even touch him but he showed you, him can you show us that again like what <laughs> happened the back wheel went what <laughs> i can't make sound does, effects folks does, i'm a girl how does that look on on podcast land oh the back tire goes yeah the, he just swung his back tire super quickly into a like a sharpness and then and it, and it sounded like Rip. yeah exactly on the sand or the dirt <laughs> anyway and he didn't even touch rj so I thought that was good. He showed him what's up and he didn't touch him. So that's the way to race, folks. That's the way to race. I think so. I think uh, maybe we could get... I wonder if Dylan is watching any of these races. He's like, hey, wait a second. That's how you can pass Chase, someone? Chase Sexton can pass people without <laughs> taking them out? Dude, this... Oh, why haven't they heard bulb. of this? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What about Shane McElrath? How'd you oh, think he did? Shane don't McElrath. mess up his name. I love him. He's good kid. Why? Why do you know. why do you love him? You've never even met him. Oh, I have two. You have? Yes. When? I don't remember. In the elevator? No, it wasn't the elevator. It was um I don't know. In the pits. In the well in the pits, but I can't remember which race we was were. Was it at. in his truck or something? Like did you did No? <laughs> I'm just wondering. If you're where wondering, I'm giving Kyle the evil eye right now because <laughs> that's not how I roll, folks. <laughs> He's got the guilty laugh right now. No, I did not do that. And I saw him at a pit somewhere. I can't remember where it was. And he was a really good guy. And he talked to the kids. And we took a picture and moved on. Shane McElrath. He's a good guy in the pit. <laughs> Karen's hitting me on the knee. I did. I slapped him. I just want to be, you know, have some fun. I just want to know where you met. Because I don't remember meeting Shane McElrath. Oh, I do. You know, Shane, Shane's a good guy, though. Yeah, he, got, he did He got good. a lot of sand. He did. How about sand? <laughs> Those guys, hey, oh. I, I I saw a screenshot. Kevin texted me. Um, Thanks, Kevin. Kevin texted me a picture while I was at church of. Uh, <laughs> We're of, sitting in church and of, Kyle's uh, got the Eli Tomac oh, no. getting like absolutely sandblasted off of. I think it was off of Martin Davalos's tire. Oh, um, like the sand. The Supercross guys hate the sand. They asked him that in the post race press conference. The one that the one that uh, you know Cooper Webb didn't go to because he went to the hospital. Um, they, uh, yeah, like, I think I'm going to skip that conference. I'm, I'm going to the doctor right now to yeah. try to get some morphine or something, but they, they, Poor the kid. guys hate, the guys hate the sand and it's, yeah. it's fun for the, it's fun for the fans to be like, Oh, look at he that guy blasted. getting blasted, you know? And so it's kind of fun, but like 
the riders. They, but Barsha, he said something I never really thought about with the sand. He was saying, you know, the sand is fun and all. And a lot of times you'll think, oh, I get my face blasted with sand and I can't see for a second. But what you don't realize is it goes down the back of their jerseys and then they're riding with sandpaper the rest of the entire it, race. It chafes them the ba- yeah. down the back of the jersey and then it's chafing them kind of around the buttocks area. And I never thought of that. I, you know, I'm not a racer, so I guess that's why. But yeah, I just thought poor And it guy. probably goes the, down the front of your jersey too. So it gets in those hard to reach areas. Oh my gosh. And yeah. You're on a roll today, Kyle. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's what he was saying. It was, but he said it a lot more eloquently than... No, he, he didn't. Justin Barsha doesn't yes, have... Did, folks. Justin yes, Barsha doesn't have any eloquence that I don't have. <laughs> anyway, those are that. That's that. That is what happened. It at, was a uh, good race. I loved it. I, it would have been fun to be there in person. I I think the crowd was loving it. Uh, Ken Roxon said they they asked him in the post race. They're like, hey, were you like? Could you tell like things were happening behind you because the ca- crowd was going wild? Because there were lots of times that the crowd would have been crazy loud. And Ken was like, no, I, I, I just laser focus, laser focus. Because Put my head you, down. You take your focus off for even just a second. You're gonna get, you're gonna make a mistake, you know. Oh, the other thing I loved, I loved because we were watching the race, and when the guys were coming around the mechanics, they would <gasps> oh, they, yeah. a lot of times they would come really wide around the mechanics area, and the mechanics are standing behind these like little stand up foam things or whatever, and they're trying to hold the pit boards out, and the, some of the guys were coming out and pushing those those stands back and everything, yeah. like and, and making the mechanics drop back and everything. And I said to Karen, I'm like. I bet you the riders don't even have time to see any of that. No. There's no way they can like take their, they're in a battle or something and then they can be like, oh, I wonder what my mechanic says on this little teeny whiteboard. And Justin Barsha's like, I couldn't see anything anytime I passed and I know my mechanic's got something good to say, but I can't see it. Yeah, he's like, he's probably giving my lap times on there. I'm trying not to die. I feel so bad, but I can't even look at that thing. (laughs) You know? And I'm like, finally, we have one person to admit that that is a completely pointless thing because you can't look at it. Ken Roxon's like no i couldn't look at anything that was happening i'm just trying to focus on not crashing going as fast as i can and barsha is laughing he's like dude i feel bad because my mechanic's putting stuff down there that i don't even read and i'm sure there's places on the the track that you could see but that was not one of them yeah they can see that big old that that big old pillar as they come around like the finish line and stuff where it tells them the leaders like the top five they can see that because it's massive and it's huge Mm -hmm. but like you get a little like you know 12 inch by 18 inch hit board and then you're going to ride on there like two different things with super good doctor handwriting and you can't see it like they're coming <laughs> around there like balls to the wall on the gas yeah I'm going to have time to like check out your Where whiteboard was the decimal point on that number oh my goodness we've had this radio on too long this no, ending it, song so it's, it's got 20 it's got 23 seconds left 22 this is the perfect way to do that because then we end like strong oh my gosh we end so strong <laughs> Karen do you want to do, do it <laughs> no I don't Guys, thanks for listening. (laughs) Leave a single track.